Hi, I'm Adam Lewis, and welcome to Dear IQ and our High IQ Topics series. This is different than our normal curriculum podcast episodes and our standalone topics that go along with our High IQ videos on YouTube. They're shorter and supplement our normal podcast in this way with direct tactics to help up your deer hunting game. In this episode, we're looking at what I feel is the number one myth deer hunters believe that really hurts their chances at killing good deer and good bucks, and it needs busted. And if busted, I believe can really change the game for your success on a whitetail. Before we get into the nitty gritty details of that, a couple things real quick, especially if you're new here. First, you'll notice we have an IQ ranking system where beginner is one IQ, intermediate is five IQ, and 10 IQ is our advanced content. This is true for our podcast as well as our blogs and videos, so you can best get content to meet you where you're at. This is a 5IQ episode and I'm pretty sure everyone will get something out of it. Second, I invite you to subscribe, rate this podcast, and check out all our other content, videos, and our blog. Dear IQ is designed to be different, to be more educational, engaging, and challenging. In short, to help us all reach what we want, which is to become truly greater deer hunters. We even have a free journal that goes along with our curriculum-based podcast. If you take your deer hunting seriously and really want to fast track your growth, I invite you to check that out. And stay to the end because I have a few takeaways and challenges for you that you'll really benefit from. You don't want to miss that. All right, now let's get to the number one myth deer hunters believe. I've been chasing whitetail over 30 years and lately my thoughts have turned to my hunting journey and lessons I've learned through that time. One of those biggest lessons, or more accurately described as paradigm shifts, occurred when I discovered what I call the hunt harder myth. Understanding it has completely changed the way I see whitetail hunting. When I was young, I was taught that the key to success is to work hard. So it stands to reason that if you aren't having success or want more, that you need to work harder. This simple philosophy works on many things in life and definitely translates into success. For example, if you want more wood in the woodpile, you need to work harder chopping wood. Or if you want to be a better basketball player, you need to practice shooting and dribbling and, well, working harder. However, in some things in life, this principle just doesn't apply, and in fact, the opposite is needed for more success. Whitetail hunting is one of those things. To start this conversation, we need to define hard work or the idea of hunting harder when it comes to whitetail deer. I'll be referring to it as putting more time in the woods, namely by sitting in a tree stand or blind. This is what many people think and therefore do. If you're not having success, it means you need to get in the stand more. You often hear people with this mentality saying, you can't kill them on the couch, or something similar. The problem is, this actually hurts your chances of success most of the time. If this is your operating method, you're not alone. Many hunters practice this and have success from time to time. However, when you're a predator invading a whitetail's domain, the more time spent there means more pressure added. This just isn't chopping wood or shooting hoops. More time equals more human scent, human sound, human sightings by the deer you're after, and this means less encounters. Research done by DNR biologist Clint McCoy on collared bucks at Auburn University showed that if a stand location is hunted just one time, 
Bucks do not return to normal travel patterns there for five days. My experience shows this is true and oftentimes much worse in heavily pressured states and on public land. Hard work sitting on a stand simply does not make more success. 2017 could have been a great year deer hunting for me, but it wasn't. I had many good locations in Michigan on public land that had produced in past years and two great private land locations in Ohio. In fact, several big bucks were showing up in both of my hunting locations in the Buckeye State. I hunted as smart as I could, changing locations and relying on the freshest scouting and deer sign to guide my hunts. In fact, I had three great encounters with these different Ohio bucks. The problem was each time I had an encounter, something went terribly wrong and I blew the opportunity. These unfortunate events, and honestly, a couple rookie mistakes, educated each buck with each encounter and dwindled my chances. As the season progressed, these close calls added up until I had thoroughly educated each buck. Although a little luck could have easily turned any one of those close calls in my favor, I never even got the opportunity to launch an arrow that year. You just can't make mistakes on good bucks and expect to get second chances. With whitetail hunting, therefore, this leaves us with the less is more paradox. And it's simply true. We all know that the first time in a hunting location is usually the best and data doesn't lie. The Collar Buck study by Clint McCoy showed this, as well as my experience, and I'm sure yours as well if you think about it. In my last five seasons, 9 out of 11, or 81% of my kills, 8 of them bucks, have been on first sits. In reality, less truly means more when it comes to time on stand hunting whitetail. Instead of wearing out a stand in an attempt to bag a good buck, you should be analyzing all your stand options and trying to figure the exact best times to hunt them. I call this surgical hunting and I wrote about it for North American Whitetail last year. The problem is that many people just don't have many spots to hunt and they just can't sit at home during the fall. I get it. On top of that, within a certain property, there may only be a couple places you can hunt in a low-impact manner, which makes for burning out a spot pretty quickly. If that's the case, go with the lowest-impact stands and make observations to help you hone in on when to make that higher-impact strategic hunt. Another solution is to just have more options. With more options, private or public, you can make better decisions on where and when to hunt and will not wear out any one particular spot. This allows you to spend more time in the woods and get more hunts of potential first sit quality. Realize though that it's not just about being in the woods and sometimes not being there is your best path forward. Don't get me wrong, you indeed cannot kill them on the couch. You do need to work hard for success. It just looks different than most people think. The secret is that it's the time and hard work put into preparation, not time on stand, that produces. If you look at big buck slayers who get it done on mature bucks year after year, their hours hunting pale in comparison to their hours of prep work. Their actual hunt time is pretty minimal. Gathering data by glassing, boots on the ground scouting, trail camera intel, and a lot of different avenues is essential and is the secret ingredient needed for making fact-based hunting decisions with high yield results. Although I don't consider myself a pro, a good example of this is the buck I shot in my backyard in 2020. 
My quarter acre food plot camera was getting pictures of deer all summer and into the fall. A few of these were bucks, but none of them were over two and a half years old, and my goal was a three and a half year old buck in Michigan. And most of these pictures were also taken at night. As the season progressed, I just wasn't seeing a buck I would shoot show up in daylight, so I hunted my other locations on state land and followed the hottest sign the best I could. In late October, my backyard food plot camera snapped a picture of a mature 10 point with long brow tines that definitely got my attention. However, I still didn't hunt or obsess over him because this too was a late night appearance, making him virtually unshootable. It wasn't until November 7th when a picture was taken of him at daybreak that I decided to hunt him immediately and persistently until I had an encounter. The next morning, as luck would have it, I had that encounter and was able to successfully get off a killing shot from my ground blind. I'm convinced that it was keeping my presence to a bare minimum and only hunting when intel strongly suggested I should that led to my success. If I'd been hunting it hard all year, I highly doubt I would have had such an opportunity as I most likely would have adversely pressured the food plot and drove him from the comforts of my backyard. From my experience, less indeed is more when it comes to whitetail hunting, and a myth that definitely needs busting. Okay, and here are your high IQ takeaways and challenges. Deer IQ is all about hunting smarter, but it takes effort. So think about and write down one thing you can do in your approach to hunting that helps you move away from the hunt harder mentality and closer to one of being precise, tactical, and smart. Download our free Deer IQ journal that steps you through our podcast and curriculum to be a greater hunter below. It's just for this type of thing and will really help as you listen to our other podcasts. And sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss any great and new Deer IQ content. And I'll see you on the next Dear IQ, High IQ Topics podcast.